Hello and welcome to the Modern Fairy Sightings podcast, where we listen to people's fairy encounters. But take heed, we're not talking about winged tinkerbells here. These are real fairies, real encounters that took people like you and I by surprise. Stay a while and hear their stories. My name is Joe Hickey Hall and I'm a folklore researcher. Hello dear listener, I hope you're managing to keep well in these challenging times. I'm endeavouring to keep things as simple as I can, meditating, resting and minding what I place my focus on, avoiding activities that make me feel worse about the situation. Do what feels right for you and pay attention to your own well-being. In light of that, and before we get to our chat with Lucy Bryden of the One Scott, One Not podcast, I want to let you know that the project's focus is shifting somewhat for a period of time. At the moment, I'm very much tied up with producing episodes every two weeks. With my day job and young family, that's all I really have time for. So instead, I'm going to be releasing an episode every four weeks to allow more space for research and writing the book. I feel very lucky to have such wonderful support from the Curious Crew, a group of amazing folks who back the Modern Fairy Sightings podcast on Patreon, so I'll be producing exclusive episodes on Patreon in between the public episodes to keep supporters abreast of what I'm researching. As well as that, I'll continue creating bonus episodes for patrons that run alongside the main show. As you may know if you've been listening a while, I've always been very much led by wherever the project leads and making space for deeper research and writing feels right at the moment. While it's been a big decision and I still do feel massive resistance to making changes, I do feel I need to trust the flow and see what wants to be created in this space. As a much valued listener, I'd love to know your thoughts on these changes and if you enjoy the show and want to hear more original material and get involved in our open-hearted community, then you can find us on Patreon. You can join for as little as £3 per month, take part in our monthly Zoom video chats and gain access to our Discord chat as well as other updates and bonus material. Another thing I need to let you know is that my contact form on the website hasn't been working for some time. I'm so sorry if you've tried to contact me on scarletofthefay.com as I won't have received your message. I thought it was fixed months back and it wasn't. Very upset and frustrated about that so until I find a way to fix it properly please contact me on scarletofthefay at gmail.com and I will always contact you back. Now let's get into this episode which is a great chat with Lucy Bryden of the One Scott One Knot podcast. Lucy and Karen cover Celtic myth, legends and folklore in their informative yet humorous show which I always find uplifting and let's face it we could all do with more reasons to smile right now so please do check them out. Lucy shares a number of her own extraordinary experiences and as usual if you'd like to hear more of the conversation you can head to Patreon where there is a bonus episode treat just waiting for you. As with many of my chats with other researchers I will release the video version of our interview in the coming months. Enjoy! And don't forget that links to One Scott One Knot and Lucy and Karen's artwork and retreats are available on the show notes.
excited to introduce Lucy Bryden. We've been kind of speaking on Messenger and Meaning to Catch Up, haven't we? Yeah. Um, for, but Lucy, for ages now. <laughs> for ages, for ages. Yeah. We're both sort of trying to cram everything in, aren't we? Yeah. Um, all the time. But I'm really pleased that we've now managed to find some time to have a proper chat. So Lucy is one half of One Scot, One Not, being the One Scot, of course. I'm the Scottish one, yeah. Yes, with uh, Karen Campbell. Uh, Lucy lives in Aberdeen, is a fine artist, and your work is, to me, it's really beautiful. It, it's quite sort of esoteric-y, magic-y. I suppose it's quite otherworldly, in fact. What would you say? But wildlife. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm definitely influenced by that part of the things that go on in my brain, that imagination that takes me in to that other world. So I do do a lot of animals, but I like to put them in, they're not, they're not too realistic. I like to put them into situations that are a little bit more otherworldly for sure. Mm-hmm. A little bit illustrative rather than fine art that's a bit in between I guess okay yeah Mm -hmm. maybe you can show us some of your pieces later that would be nice so welcome and and just thank you so much for your kind support of my podcast modern fairy sightings podcast we love it (laughs) thank you it's both of our favorites Karen is a little bit jealous that she's not here did say to say hi to you uh we love it so much we've told everyone that they need to listen to this podcast you are way better than us we are way more amateur than you all of us are just finding our way aren't we we're just so I think this is the great thing I don't know about you but I found there's lots of people there's something about lockdown where so many people have just found their groove with things and they're going mm-hmm. for it and mm-hmm. you know we're all finding our way with it aren't we but yeah. you know it's just what we really love doing so you know and what I really love about one Scott one not is obviously the the vibe between you and Karen is great and it's just a really lovely chat I mean even this weekend I was prepping for our you know big family do and cooking um so I was getting everything out for baking and it was just it was a lovely conversation to listen to you learn something you have a laugh you have a bit of a snigger at various <laughs> various points throughout and it's just a, a really yeah. lovely friendly interesting podcast so you know but, yeah I hope the I hope any fairies listening don't think that we're making fun of them and then take it out on us because we really do take that part seriously, but it probably doesn't come across that we take it seriously because we do like to bounce off of each other. We, we've been friends for a long time, Karen and I. We do quite a lot of projects together. We hold a yearly retreat in a castle here, uh, not far from me. And obviously that was held off because of the pandemic but we're hoping to we've got we've got it organized for 2022 and that's a week-long retreat where we have ladies ladies come and we do art and we go and visit stone circles and castles and things like that and um, we also teach a class together online so we both 
teach online art classes and we started off doing the podcast and then realized that both of our fascination with folklore and Scottish Celtic myths and legends and things like that just doing the podcast wasn't enough (laughs) that we wanted to take it a step further so we now also teach a class called the Celtic Collective where we're doing basically what we want to do which is paint fairy folklore type art all day so we're (laughs) doing that with our students and we also look at uh, famous other famous artists that paint that kind of artwork so Mm. obviously Brian Froud is one of the big favorites of both of ours Uh, we love him so much his artwork is just amazing Uh, so we look at the kind of artwork that's produced by artists like that and guide our students how through how they might they might produce their own in their own style and um, yeah the podcast is just a lot of fun basically it's me and her chatting like we would normally do over zoom if we weren't recording but we happen to record it yeah (laughs) get a little bit sweary in places but that's just the way that we bounce off each other we we have a lot of fun together I'm absolutely fascinated with that link that was something that I hadn't really thought about until I started uh, investigating more listening to more listening to you listening to more podcasts doing more reading that that link possible link between extraterrestrials and and the fairies or the other worlds that actually kind of makes total sense to me yeah for a lot of them it really does Mm. doesn't it you know including the folklore itself and then modern accounts of Mm. both fairy sightings and extraterrestrial sightings and then you know we've got the ideas of um you know religious visions as well Mm -hmm. yeah if you look at some of those it's hard to work out what it was you know are they spirits are they fairies are they is it some kind of extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. experience going on and um yeah it is very interesting I, I I you know I I'm not I think probably like you I don't know about you I I suppose I I wonder if you're the same as me that the more you you know you're kind of on this journey and you're just learning more all the time and because of that your own ideas are expanding and you're Mm -hmm. you know it you don't really stay stay in one place with all of this Mm -hmm. you you just kind of move with it and explore oh this kind of yeah maybe I'll kind of read more into this or Mm -hmm. oh yeah that reminds me of this and you're always expanding in some way Mm -hmm. um I think that's a good thing I think you know it's it's um more healthy to sort of start with the idea and maybe even continue with the idea that we really don't know anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) um we know what we've experienced ourselves that's all we can know and even then we don't know what is behind that or what's causing it or what it's into because somebody standing next to you could have had the same experience and just have a completely different perception of that you know like anything else like anything else in life Uh so you know we've just got to sort of just see where 
how it feels, where it leads, what feels like the truth for us in terms of that experience. Mm -hmm. And then by talking to other people, exchanging, then you start to sort of build some kind of picture and you, you get more people on board with sharing their journeys as well. And, you know, for me, that's what, what's what this project is all about is just to sort of explore together. But yeah, I think what, what we're, you know, feeling at the moment, what, what we're discovering at the moment may completely change by next year. We may have discovered all sorts of things by next year in the external world as well. There might be more revealed in the external world. And then so, and you know, and people are researching and writing all the time as well. And that, you know, feeds into this flow as well. So it is. That's like being a good detective though. Because yeah. a good detective doesn't, um, doesn't have their conclusion already and only research according to their conclusion or only interview or try and find things out to fit into their narrative they have no narrative and they go around and try and find out as much as they can and build a narrative from there and it's the same kind of thing if you don't know you know that you've experienced something but you don't know what it is you don't know whether it's extraterrestrial or fae or anything or sleep paralysis or anything like this but if you're open and you um I think it becomes it does become a little bit like a investigation of your own in a way because I think that as soon as you have something like this happen you start to wonder well what could that be and that's certainly certainly what has intrigued me over the time over time is I know I've had these things happen to me I don't know what they are I know that I know that certain people would look at me like I have two heads (laughs) and then other people would also say well hang on a minute I had this happen as well and that's strange and yeah it's it's so exciting and interesting and the not knowing part is one of the most interesting parts yeah that's a big part of it it's the not knowing yeah yeah it's a good part of it I think we are a bit too stuck in in this world about having to have all the answers and having it all lined up it's like we have to just control everything but it has to be like this we have to make sense of it some things you just can't make sense of Mm -hmm. and um I think, you know, things are revealed in time anyway. There's a sort of sense of that. It seems, you know, throughout history, it always, it, it seems to seems to work like that, that things are revealed when they're meant to. And let's just kind yeah. of enjoy, you know, the investigative work and the sharing. And there's just a joy in that, really, isn't there? And, if and, you're into it like we are. And things might not ever be revealed, and in fact, yes, yeah. a lot of the a lot of the problems with the human race have come about because people have decided that what they think is the truth is definitely the truth, and yeah. everybody else is wrong. Mm. And so they then have to um, ostracize all those other people because what what they think these strange things that have happened to them have happened because it's a certain god or 
you know, a certain thing and everybody else is wrong. And it, but actually nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, it's, we just have to be more it's a humble. Big mystery. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And just being a bit more humble about it. I mean, just generally as a human, as humankind, I'm talking about. And just leave a space for people to um to share what what their experiences are. So yeah, because you you had a, a really interesting um experience yeah. event that unfolded, didn't you? I did. So not not the first ever strange thing that happened to me, but the first thing that I would say was possibly of that realm, although I still don't have an answer, um, was when I was pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant, but I must have been pregnant. It was right. that time, yeah. just, just before I found out I was pregnant. And I was living in Spain at the time. I was actually living in a bus in Spain. It was in the south of Spain, in the mountains, in Andalusia, which I think is a very magical place. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, weight and heaviness to some extent in parts of that land. Um, certainly because of the civil war, um, there's a lot of um, people were mass murdered and you know uh, gosh right yeah things like that but it's also I feel quite a magical part of Spain so I was living in Spain in this bus and I was my my ex it was not a good relationship was at the time but it went south as soon as I found out I was pregnant he kind of turned into a little bit of a different person mm. anyway um he was he had his back to me and he was cooking and uh, it was the evening and I was lying on the bed and so it was quite a big bus and the bed was at one end it was a, a wasn't it wasn't like a camper van mm -hmm. you know so the the bed was uh already set up all like the a time. proper bed lovely yeah it was made out of wood and um yeah I was lying on the bed and he had his back to me he was at the other end and he was cooking and I was in that state where I wasn't sure if I was asleep or awake yeah uh I felt like I was um still awake but I could have been slipping into sleep uh it, you know that feeling almost where you um you feel like your eyes are closed but you also feel like they're open and you can see through them even though they're yes closed. they're just relaxed and mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and there was a suddenly there was a woman appeared and she was I can just describe her as like almost like one of the um elven people from lord of the rings mm. she was thin and ethereal she had long blonde hair she uh was just wearing like a simple kind of gown that kind of medievally you know like just a simple gown yeah and um she just felt very ethereal and she came and she stood at the edge of the bed and she uh, moved her hands 
all the way down my body like she was doing Reiki and oh, she, wow. was, she was about her hand was about um 10 centimeters maybe mm. away from my body and I could feel mm. the energy between her hand and my body and she yeah. went the whole length of my body I don't think she went all the way up to my head because I think my head was at that end of the bed and the bed was right in the end of the bus and she would have wouldn't have been able to stretch that far Mm -hmm. but she kind of she moved her hands all the way down and then she disappeared and I don't know what that is but I my if my son was listening to this he'd probably think that his mum needed to go in the loony bin (laughs) but I feel to this day that it had something to do with me becoming pregnant yeah and um and actually it was a very difficult pregnancy I was very ill uh I ended up um in hospital for the whole pregnancy oh goodness um and my son was born premature he was born three months premature um gosh wow and I feel like it just had something to do with it it was just um the strangest experience she was so there I could feel her you know I could feel her energy um coming from her hands yeah no I I I totally get that I totally get that was she how tall did you say that she was? She was like human size. She was human size. Yeah. Okay. And what what um, colour gown was she wearing? Did you I say? honestly can't remember that. Mm. It was probably something quite natural. It wasn't very distinctive. So, um, she, so it wasn't sort of as if she was a white figure. You could see that she was wearing kind of colours and, and... Yeah. 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 But she um, was very... Now, some people might say that was an alien visit rather than a exactly visit or this an is angel it. visit. Which, yeah, it's, which one is it? It sounded it sounds angelic, but I think uh-huh. the funny thing is with angel visitations is that you know uh-huh. um, they're really tall and their presence is so different to uh-huh. Fay or um, yeah. anything like that. But I guess, you know, that could be. I mean, if you think about the um, religious visitations, then then those often look like women in a lot of cases, yeah. although they're, you know, a lot of the time they're heavily lit and, um, you know, there's lots of different, different aspects to those, I suppose. Did you get eye contact with her? Um, no, I think mm. that I was almost... Um, not frozen because it wasn't sleep paralysis but taken aback and a little bit surprised and also in that quite drowsy almost falling asleep stage yeah that um that it happened before I really realized what was happening uh she just it was she was just so Ethereal is the only way to describe her. Mm. She was very calm and very beautiful and very, she almost looked like, you know, somebody from Sweden or something, that kind of very like pale blonde hair. Yeah. And very 
like model kind of thin body mm. and delicate and um but I don't think we made eye contact this is 21 years ago <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's hard to recall yeah. um did you have an expression of any sort on her face I just felt very a lot of peace coming from her mm. and and actually I had had uh to go back even further I had had another experience a couple of years before of a visitor in my room at okay. night that yeah. was the opposite it was very sinister um I was at college at the time in the states I went to college in the states and um and in the dormitories there you have a roommate and right. so there was me and my roommate and our beds were just mattresses on the floor because we were being edgy and <laughs> and we had them set up like an l shape so her mattress was there and my mattress okay. was there and then we had a sofa uh, that we'd stolen from somewhere and I I woke up in the middle of the night and I again to this day I'm not sure if this was a sleep paralysis episode or a dream or I'm really not sure what this was but I looked over at the sofa and there was a man mm. sitting on the sofa with oh, what can be described as a sinister expression on his face. Mm. It was like he was smirking at me, mm. um, like sitting with his arms folded and and smirking, and um, almost saying he didn't. And I made eye contact with him, and almost he wasn't saying anything, but he was almost saying like, you know, I've got you. <laughs> that kind of feeling. It was absolutely terrifying I was so terrified and I woke my roommate up I I thought was I asleep but I'm not sure if I was because I had crawled over the from my bed to her bed I was trying not to move too much mm. I think and she grabbed me when I woke her up like I must have yeah her. scared her yeah mm -hmm. and she grabbed me and she was like what are you doing and yeah. she disappeared yeah. and the next morning one of my uh, best friends she used to come and um, she used to come to my room on certain days of the week when we had class together and she would uh, make coffee in the kitchen downstairs and bring it up and we would sit and have coffee together and then we would go to class. And she, the next morning she came and said, I had the strangest thing happen last night. And I said, what? And she said, there was a woman in my room. And I said, there was a man in my room. How <laughs> bizarre. It was so bizarre. Um, but I still to this day don't know whether that was uh you know whether it was a a, a ghost a or, or yeah. a ghost or a sleep paralysis it was strange that she had mm. the same thing happen on the same night and was it horrible for her too was it a horrible um not experience? as horrible that woman told her that she would get ill soon and she did she came down with a like a chronic like I think it was her thyroid or something she got diagnosed with something oh, no. not long afterwards 
and the woman was sitting in her room and said you're going to get ill soon geez that that is really trying yeah that is really uh really really creepy so you didn't have any recognition of of this man at all no he just looked evil oh my goodness he looked it was like that um um like a trick like I'm gonna play a trick on you type mm. evil not a not a serial killer evil but a, <laughs> you know like a, almost like I'm gonna I'm I'm scared I know I'm scaring you and I'm doing yeah that. that is horrible isn't it mm-hmm. that is really nasty Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah so when this woman appeared and she was all beautiful and angelic and lovely <laughs> that was a completely different experience felt yeah. very peaceful and very calm and I just felt like I was getting this um um massage that but she wasn't touching me you know I felt like I was getting a Reiki session or something maybe um maybe it had something to do with the, me becoming pregnant I don't know I I I do feel like my son was a little bit of a miracle because he survived through all these um, terrible health issues that I had that weren't anything to do with him. And um, so maybe it was like a protection or, you know, something. I don't know. Mm, That is lovely. What had been happening that day when that happened? Um, if you can remember I can't remember I can't remember either of them what had been happening and did she hover over any part of your body when she laid her hands over I can't even remember that really I mean I think she probably only went up as far as my middle because my other half was too far away although there was an otherworldly aspect feeling from her that she was um I I mean obviously I couldn't see her feet but I did feel like she was maybe possibly stretching or hovering further than Mm -hmm. than she would normally but I don't can't really remember whether there was any particular part so long ago that yeah and then I had so much happen, <laughs> like yeah. not long after that, that um, that was quite traumatic. That um, a lot, you know how sometimes when you go through a lot, your brain almost um, it cuts things out. It erases. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But the feeling from that sounds as if it was, uh, you know, a really lovely healing experience that she yeah. came and offered something and um yeah how pregnant were you at the time how how long I didn't know I was pregnant oh that's really yeah so I think I think this must have been in that little period yeah just before before I actually yeah yeah Mm -hmm. very special that is really lovely yeah Mm. but I I feel like it had something to do with that yeah Um, yeah yeah definitely yeah, I think, you know, you you know yourself what it really relates to. And I think, yeah. you know, if you if you hadn't realized that you were pregnant at the time and then you have an experience like that where she you have a physical sensation as well of this healing taking place and it's um, you know, over your reproductive area, then uh, it mm-hmm. would make sense to put those two events together. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, that is lovely. So you would have been nice if she'd um, been a bit more healing and I hadn't got so ill while I was pregnant. <laughs> but maybe yeah. there was, maybe that actually, maybe the protection was enough to stop it getting even worse. Um, you know, it could have gone, it could have been even worse. Yeah, those first three chakras are the sort of more earthbound chakras. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're the red chakra at the base of your spine being money, home, job. And then the orange chakra around your reproductive area mm-hmm. is, um, you know, food, sex, and emotion. This is from the from the healing system that I use, body mirror system. I know there's different ways in which people look at chakras from various different philosophies, yeah. but the one I use is like this. And then solar plexus being power, control, and freedom issues. So those first three chakras are very much the sort of departments if you like that we tend to deal with in our world um you know all of those those different departments in our life so um but who who knows what the the meaning was but it's what it meant to you it's what Mm -hmm. it meant to you I I haven't um I haven't decided exactly what that was I just have the intrigue of it Mm. and the pretty vivid I mean I can't remember every single detail but pretty vivid memory of of it happening and through that that sense of wanting to find out more and not necessarily needing an answer but but being open to the wonder of different experiences and what they could possibly be and knowing that there isn't just what we see necessarily that there might be other things that we don't normally see that might be playing around in this universe with us Mm. and um and almost you almost get a little glimpse into it when those kinds of things happen and it does it makes you more willing and open to research and open to experiencing more things certainly yeah yeah definitely and I'm just thinking as well about how um because I know I had some experiences when I was pregnant and um you know when I was first very very early on I wonder how many women do have these experiences because that in itself is liminal state as well Mm -hmm. yeah I guess we're, we're super sensitive at that time yeah and, um, and without yeah. wanting to get into religion in any way, if you think also to the, you know, the Mary and Jesus Absolutely. story and the visitation. Yeah. Angel Gabriel, yeah. It could, who knows what that was really? Yeah, I was thinking something exactly something very that. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really does make me think of that. Yeah. So that, that could be quite interesting. I, I would really like to read more into that. Yeah find out more about that but maybe if anybody is listening that they could get in touch and let us know if they've ever experienced anything mm-hmm. like that but it I know would be I'd love to, to hear if anyone else has had something similar yeah and then your later experience was really great um so this happened in I think it was 2012 and the reason why <laughs> is that the photos that I sent you are time stamped 2012 
and they were when we went back to investigate and that was not that long afterwards um so I was in the car with uh, my son and a friend of mine who was visiting me and we had to deliver her back to the train station so we were we were on a time schedule a time crunch because she had a train to get and we were driving a road that I drive all the time Uh, it's not an uncommon road to me and as we were driving along this road to get to the train station all three of us saw a sign that said fairy ring but it looked like uh it looked it it wasn't like a piece of wood that someone had written on (laughs) it looked like uh almost um like the kind of sign that the national trust or yeah something would make those brown signs those brown signs heritage kind of yes location type site Yeah. yeah It looked like one like that. So it was a me- like metal, so it's metal yeah. sign, wasn't it? Like an official looking. Like it looked official. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, it was on the side of the road with a, with a metal pole. Mm. <laughs> it would look like it had been there forever. And it was pointing up the path that came off the road. Um, mm. And it said fairy ring. <laughs> and me and my friend uh, both saw it. My son remembers seeing it as well, but he uh, he doesn't really have any time for any of this nonsense, as he would say. <laughs> but, um, but he does remember seeing the sign. And yeah. we saw it and said to each other, oh my goodness, I've never seen that sign before. I mean, it looked like, I was shocked that it was there because I drove that road all the time and I'd never seen that sign before. But because it said fairy ring, Mm. um, we, we were like, we, oh my God, I wish we had time to stop and investigate because it says fairy ring and I'd love to see what's up there. But we ha- I had to take her to the train she had a train to catch so she said or I said to her I can't remember like we'll stop next time you're down we'll go in and park the car it's it's a countryside so it's not in the middle of a town it's in the middle of the country it was in between my village and the town where the train station is yeah and there's fields all around uh, but there's not necessarily anywhere easy to park the car but um but we said we'll we'll park the car and investigate next time you're down and then the next time I was on that road it the sign had gone disappeared and I and it wasn't that much longer afterwards and I didn't tell a lot of people because I already felt like it was something that people might uh, look at me strangely for Um, but I did tell 
there's a woman that lives in my village that that is a bit of a um self-labeled witch she's into witchcraft and 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 herbal lore and all of that kind of thing so I knew that she wouldn't look at me like I'd lost my marbles and so I told her and the first thing that came out of her mouth was it's a good job you didn't go up there I don't know what would have happened to you if you'd gone up when that sign was Mm. that sign was there for you um and it's a good job you didn't go there yeah while the sign was there and she she said it in all seriousness which actually gave me a little bit of a start because when I saw the sign I don't think I knew as much about uh fairy lore and folklore then this is 10 years ago and the potential dangers (laughs) I wouldn't have realized there was a potential danger. Right, I thought okay. fairy rings would have, might have been a nice, lovely thing to go and yeah. visit. Like, oh, fairy no. ring. Yeah, well, yeah. you would feel compelled to go and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just in the same way that if I saw a sign that said um, ancient monument or stone circle or any of those things that I'm interested yeah. in, that I would have gone, oh, that looks interesting. I want to go and visit it. Mm. Um, and then when she said that to me, with such seriousness she said it so quickly and with such seriousness in her voice that um (laughs) that um it gave me a bit of a start Mm -hmm. um so the next time my friend was visiting um I said look the sign's not there anymore but let's go and see what's up with this place so we did we parked the car and it was just the strangest place. There was a little track that led up to a copse of trees. And I already find copses of trees to be, um, there's something about copses. Yeah, they have a, a, a very definite sense, don't they? Yeah. Very definite character, yeah. I mean, quite often... I'll feel like there's something in in that copse of trees mm-hmm. that's been avoided for centuries. That's why there's a copse of trees and the farmers plowing the field all the way around this copse of tree and leaving this little thing. We have got a lot of them around here where there'll be a field with wheat or barley or potatoes or whatever. And right mm. smack bang in the middle of the field is a little circle of stones and trees that's okay. been left. Yeah, that's great. It's great that they have been left because a lot, a lot of farmers, you know, do actually, even if they're standing stones. I know where I am from in Jersey, a lot of them were um, farmed over, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I feel... Uh, there's there's always a I always get a feeling from them mm-hmm. um so there was this copse of trees at the top of the hill and um <laughs> and they I'm laughing because Badger's coming to visit me and the tree um you saw in the photo that I sent you the trees look like yeah. people right yeah 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 standing in standing in rows yeah some smaller ones in front and larger ones behind there was was like a woman with a head and her arms and a body and legs it was just 
-hmm. the strangest thing and we didn't go all the way up to the cops because we felt like something was watching us from the cops but um in the so the track going up the mud was really caked and dried it was all cracked uh looked like it was something from africa not Mm. scotland it was like really cracked and there was a, a one leather shoe sitting in the track right uh, yeah. pushed into the earth a little bit and all um it, it it looked like a really old shoe i don't know it looked like it had been there a really long time it um it was all squished and part of the soul was missing and it looked like a tackety boot almost yeah it's like a lace-up isn't it it's yeah like a lace-up squished mm-hmm. it's quite reminiscent of the sorts of things they pulled out of peat bogs and things like that yeah. obviously not quite but it did make me think of those and it's strange that it was there in that mud that mm. um it hadn't been um that's obviously a path that the farmer uses as well uh, yeah I mean there's fields that, that nobody picked it up and put it in the rubbish or it hadn't been covered over by earth or you know it was just it was just strange that this boot was there it was just one boot that's why I took a photo of it yeah um, but did you say you thought it was quite a um a small-ish size not tiny yeah. obviously but uh more of it a, wasn't tiny but it no. wasn't like a big man's boot mm. it was uh, I've only got size five feet and it was definitely um smaller than mine mm. it's funny I, yeah. I heard um oh I don't think it was on your podcast I think it might have been another folklore podcast but I'm not sure because I listened to quite a lot about um somebody finding a little leather shoe somewhere there's the one that was found on the Barra Peninsula in Ireland if that's the one you're thinking of which was a tiny little that was the one that was shoe. tiny wasn't it and it was I mean you know even that the stitching was so delicate mm-hmm. and it that you know people were quite amazed at how how this shoe could have been made because yeah. it was so it was so beautifully preserved as well I love that example. It's really gorgeous and it has stumped people yeah. as to, you know, how it came about because um, yeah. it would, ha- would have taken a real, even, you know, I think at the end of the day, even if it was made by human hand, it's such a feat and it must have taken such ex- extreme skill uh-huh. to have made something of such perfection and such, you know, miniature perfection that that in itself yeah. is quite magical really but it does feel quite I, th- I think it, it does feel quite um otherworldly that yeah. shoe yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's like when you see um when you see Celtic Celtic knotwork um in metal oh yeah and it's so tiny um I think how did they manage to do that oh, it's amazing <laughs> so Mm-hmm. so intricate but anyway so, yeah this this boot wasn't tiny like that but it just um it felt out of place for me it, yeah it was just 
just added just another kind of ingredient that just added to the strangeness of it yeah so had you spoken to the woman in town uh uh, sort of after you went back and visited it with your friend or before 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 but you Mm. you you felt happy to to go up there anyway Um, the sign had gone the sign wasn't there yeah the sign did you see any remnant of where it would have been no nothing no nothing no it was just so strange uh I I would have understood if somebody painted a painted a fairy ring sign onto a plank of wood and hung it from yeah. the gate and it had gone again and some yeah. could have put it up there for a party but it it was a sign that looked like it had always been there mm. that was definitely looked like one of these um ancient heritage type metal signs that mm. we have all around for various different things and then it just went again you know what's just occurred to me and it hadn't before is that do you think possibly that if there were a fairy ring up there and that um somebody decided you know if if there were something there that they felt could be um described as a fairy ring for whatever reason Mm -hmm. um that they could have put a sign up and that then somebody might have thought no we you know we don't want to advertise the fact that there is a fairy ring there if we don't we don't you know I I suppose you would have known if if archaeologists had been there or people that would be Mm -hmm. interested in landscape or no but it just occurred to me I wonder if um you know somebody then actually did take a sign down if there was something there that could be the very sensible um explanation but it it doesn't it didn't feel right because it there aren't any other signs around here for things like that there's signs for um there's signs for uh castles and uh stone circles yeah and but there's no signs for things like that it just it just seemed so random and it was so all of a sudden and and it it was literally a road that I would travel at least once a week if yeah um, yeah so it was like there and then gone again then it you know the next time it was so quick it wasn't like it was there and then it was gone again months later it was just there and then gone and I don't know. I I really don't have an answer. So with your with your friend, um, is she a friend that is also interested in in fairy folklore, or or you um, know, is that something you? Yeah, I, we've kind of lost touch actually, sadly, in the last seven or eight years. But um, she definitely would not have um thought that something like this was strange yeah she, mm. I mean she was definitely somebody that was open mm. to s- strange occurrences had you guys been talking about um fairy related stuff when you were together at all that time I honestly can't remember it's t- nearly 10 years ago yeah but the only thing that I did think of was that 
and this was where I was saying it's all maybe connected and I wanted to tell you the the thing about the strange the woman in when I was pregnant was because that happened um I know quite often you you ask people whether things in their life that 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 happened when I there was that shift and I became very ill and it was actually a chronic chronic illness um Mm. that I got that came on when I was pregnant and then that the the year that we had the fairy ring strange encounter I had just spent um two months in hospital with the same illness oh goodness yeah yeah that's interesting isn't it it's like a it is a feels like a pull to the other world doesn't it yeah Mm. so I I had been ill like October to December the photos that I sent you were April I think we must have been there maybe in February something Mm. like that January February time yeah and also uh I think what ties both encounters is that your son was present for both yes uh uh-huh yeah he was there Mm -hmm. yeah and he would be the kind of person that wouldn't um you know him and my mum if I ever speak about these things in front of them say you're you you and your wild imagination and your fairy um like strange nonsense you know <laughs> like they they don't understand yeah 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 it's funny I mean you know it, you can you can talk about this to your friends and um and people like you and I are the researchers and and other people that have experienced it and then you know but the people in your own family just have absolutely no clue what you mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're doing or you know have no idea of these kind of worlds that you're that you're interested in and yeah it can just be like that can't yeah. it but say your son might discover some of the part of this mysterious universe for himself at some point when he's older mm-hmm. yeah I yeah. mean I think the thing for me is that because because um Karen and I talk about this quite often when we're discussing these kinds of things is that there are so many people that have had throughout the world I mean we are specifically interested in Scottish folklore but actually fascinated by the fact that there are a lot of parallels between Scottish folklore and folklore from other countries that the same same experiences with yeah. so many similarities that's uh, right yeah I find this, that so intriguing yeah this argument that it, it comes from you know within society and culture and and mm. that it um, arises as a result of society and culture but you know there are so many people all over the place you know way back and now that knew nothing about Mm -hmm. any sorts of fairy folklore or traditions or belief systems and they just had their own experience and then yeah presented it and said this is what happened to me most of the time people don't anyway in fact people people don't talk about these things but a lot of the time when people say this is what I experienced and then Mm -hmm. someone will say oh well that's interesting because did you know such and such happened in your area or that there are aspects in history that 
make that experience more meaningful in some way yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's and you know even people that say oh well it's all you know a bit of nonsense and you know I don't really believe in it if you ask those people usually they have had some kind of experience that they can't mm-hmm. explain so as you say mm-hmm. you know it's happening it's always happened happens everywhere yeah um and people like if they if they're into it like you and I it's like oh this is really interesting you know and want to learn more but for some people they would just rather sort of close the door on it and not yeah. think about mm-hmm. it um anymore and that's okay too but yeah. um mm-hmm. it's it's certainly true that that these very strange coincidences synchronicities and strange experiences go on all the time so throughout time as well so things things from hundreds of years ago yeah um I'm certainly no expert but I'm absolutely intrigued with the 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 books with the older Mm. um the older stories and things that that were collected in the 1800s and um and actually today just before this afternoon before we came on I thought I wonder if there's any fairy encounter stories from my area and there was one from there's a big hill near me it's a it's quite a dominant hill on the landscape and um it's actually got its own almost like creature story there there's like a giant it was supposed to be a giant that Mm. lived on the hill and slept on the hill and threw stones down the hill right we're actually surrounded by stone circles there's a multitude of stone circles around this in this area in 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 the northeast of scotland and Mm. and um some people have started doing research into the positioning of them and how they are in relation to the uh, to this one big mountain and how they all kind of face a lot of them are recumbent stones and how the recumbent stones are situated and they face um, in a certain way. Um, there must have been a reason for them mm. being, being placed. But then yeah. the legend also was that this giant threw the stones down mm. and created the stone circles but I did come across an encounter story of uh, two men where one one friend went missing for uh for a year and seven days or something and um was thought to be taken by the fairies um and he wasn't right when he came back um oh yeah and in this vicinity of this mountain only five miles away from me so um and when was what era was that that he now, had gone? I'm not quite sure but I'm thinking I'm thinking a while back I actually did order yeah. it was quoted from an, an author who has collected mysterious stories from right. this area so I've oh, just ordered book on Amazon I want to yeah. more into it because it was a, it was an article online where they just summarized the story and yeah um, and then mentioned the book, um, Eight Set of Curious Aberdeenshire, I think the book's called. So okay. I've ordered it. I want to read more into that story and find out if there are any particular 
to this area because I did yeah. Google fairy rings after that happened to me. And like you say, I hadn't actually known too much. I didn't actually know the folklore of getting trapped in a fairy ring and disappearing through time. I hadn't known okay. that before I saw, I just thought fairy rings were kind of a cute thing, you know, I hadn't realized at the yeah. time and it wasn't until it happened and I had that warning from the woman that I spoke to that I realized oh maybe this isn't such a good thing um but I did do some googling and I couldn't it was really hard I couldn't find any any similar stories to mine but then it was hard to get through the search results of just lots of photos I know. Of mushrooms rings of mushrooms yeah 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 exactly and you could try your you know as Dr Jack Hunter was saying he he got some success from local archives yes so just keep Mm -hmm. having a look in in your local archives of all all sorts and you know something might come up through that but you know when you went back up to the um to the to the place where you'd seen the sign of the fairy ring um what did you find up there? Were was were there any stone circles up there? It was more of like a ring of trees, wasn't it? That you so, didn't want yeah. to. So it was a copse of trees. Yeah. But they're quite often the copses of trees that we have here. I don't know if it's the same in England, but do you get a lot of copses of trees yeah. in mm-hmm. England? Yeah. Um, it's funny because it's something that they don't really get in the states. Okay. People from the states, they don't. I think they must, must just bulldoze the fields. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But here, the quite often the copses of trees were originally some sort of structure, whether it was an old kirk, an old building, or 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 a stone circle of some sort. The trees have sprung up in that area, but there is um, almost like a ruin. Uh, of stones a circle of stones um that looked fairly old and then the trees in that middle part but there was also I sent you a photo it did look like a mound yeah like a mound with stones around it okay um almost reminiscent of a simpler version of the um clavicairns you know up in Inverness oh beautiful Inverness. yeah um, so, yeah so it's like a mound of earth there was like a mound of earth with like almost like a ruin ruined sto- stones like the remnants of a ruined building or something round yeah so I'm not sure what that is yeah I'll have to investigate more and see if there's something there because yeah. obviously we get a lot of uh, a lot of parts of the um of Scotland where there's fairy mounds mm. you know being yeah. left see if you can get hold of some really old maps that oh, area oh, yeah that's a good idea mm-hmm. and see if there if there was something there what was mm-hmm. there so you went up there and just felt like no this is not good and did you kind of just get a bit further past the, the path with the shoe and then head back yeah, we went up and took photos and, yeah. and, and spent some time looking at it, but mm-hmm. didn't walk into the mm. 
copse itself mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. <laughs> the trees with the people I felt like there I felt like there were people there right they were almost like yeah. um petrified wood people that's Mm-mm. what it felt like the, the the trees shaped like that so yeah we didn't go in there yeah this is where I'm feeling like and obviously always trust your own instinct beyond anything else before anything else but um this is where I feel like maybe you could go back uh you know with a friend so that it feels safe mm-hmm. and just pick somewhere and meditate and it might yeah. not be you don't have to go right into the really scariest bit at first maybe further out wherever you feel like okay this is out of my comfort zone but maybe somewhere that I could sit down you know with a friend and meditate and yeah. just mm-hmm. see what comes up and just it, it, it's almost like push, pushing yourself a little bit out, mm-hmm. a little bit more each time out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone because that way a lot of the fears just then they yeah. you, you kind of face them and you you walk through that and when you when you can do that you might find that you start relating to the land there in a different way so uh-huh. like I said I'm not saying just ignore all the you know the feelings and and the fears at all um but you could potentially use that as an exercise to go mm-hmm. a little deeper with somebody that you feel would be good to go with so not someone that might get completely spooked out but maybe yeah. somebody that is you know like you kind of uh intending to stay pretty grounded with this but mm-hmm. be quite curious about it and see just kind of see what happens and um yeah. I think I should really. Yeah, mm-hmm. just just it's just a part part of a little mm-hmm. self project to see yeah. what happens. But um, I think yeah, that would be interesting to see if what the old maps bring yeah. up. Yeah, because and yeah. because that was nearly ten years ago now as well. So right. it might be interesting to see if there's been a change in the landscape. Yeah, or change in yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little there, bit yeah. like going into. Um, I used to work in a castle and um, we would we would make make ourselves go through certain parts of the castle with the lights off okay (laughs) you weren't so scared of ghosts (laughs) right okay just sort of toughening yourselves up to it a little bit push push the boundary yeah this is the thing this is the thing because I think sometimes we can go oh that was a bit spooky and just pull right back yeah but I found personally speaking when I've and it has been really frightening sometimes but when I've just gone okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this I'm just gonna walk through this I've got so much from it and you're relationship deepens you know you you lose a layer of our I guess our our relationship with nature in in these times is so different to what our ancestors were yours being Mm -hmm. Scottish and Mm -hmm. mine being Irish and I think that we carry a lot of that with us it's so it's the unknown isn't it and Mm -hmm. um and you know as kids I don't know about you but my parents even though I grew up in in rural Jersey you know they they would be concerned about me being out I mean I was out quite a lot of the day and I was exploring in fields and making dens and playing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but they would have been concerned for my safety um and I was certainly told to just you know be really careful and as we do with our children 
but I think that yeah we can decide for ourselves at a certain point and just meet the landscape and nature on our own kind of level mm-hmm. and 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 go deeper with that and as an experiment almost yeah mm-hmm. and see where it leads yeah so these the other thing I was thinking about that the story about the two guys and one of them disappeared and and the stories the story about the um the giant throwing stones down the mountain makes me think of Bigfoot because the yes. right because the yeah. um you know there's this lots of people seem to report that don't they that they get stones thrown at them and people feel that fairies do that too the throwing of the stones and and actually there's also that that feeling like could some poltergeist activity be fairy activity and we're labeling it as poltergeist activity and there's a lot of stone throwing yeah goes on that kind of thing as well yeah, yeah that's that's all very interesting and so you were talking I suppose because I was thinking about my dad really and and you you were talking about how your dad was quite he wasn't sort of totally into fairy folklore but he did tell you a story about something and yeah. he, he thought that was really strange yeah so my dad um died five years ago he was really scientific he was a chemistry teacher. He was totally, you know, a total atheist, very practical, matter of fact, no um, airy-fairiness to him at all, <laughs> like I have. And um, But he told me that a friend of his, and he, uh, he told me in complete seriousness, a friend of him, my dad was a re- very keen cyclist. Uh, he was uh, really into it. He did a lot of cycling and mm. before it became trendy. And um, and it, he, so he had a lot of cyclist friends. And I think it was one of his cyclist friends had gone out cycling and had stopped to have a, his pack lunch um and and stopped at a stone circle one of the many many stone circles I'm not sure which one it was actually uh we've got hundreds of them here and um he'd gone to sit inside the stone circle and when he sat inside the stone circle he felt like the earth outside the stone circle was moving at a different rate than the earth inside the stone circle yeah so I can't remember which one was faster I think it was the outside and then where he was sitting it was like it all slowed down and still okay. yeah and it was moving at a different rate and I just remember my dad telling me this with complete seriousness yeah and I found that really unusual because I would have never have expected him to even um, believe something like this mm. um, I I kind of could see that I, I could see that happening it's there's a stone circle near me that I go to quite a lot that we you, you can actually feel buzzing when you yes. feel the stones you can feel the energy when you go there you really can and that 
that feeling of spinning energy. Um, when I go to Stanton Drew and meditate, it's a really funny energy there. It's it's like I feel like I'm sort of I don't know which way up I am. That's the only way I could mm-hmm. describe it. Sometimes when I'm getting into a meditation there, I'm not sure which way up I am. Which I, I although I um, I go deep in meditation at the ones in Jersey, I thought that that was a really different feeling. So they've they might, I don't know whether they all have their own sense. Yeah. Um, but this the yeah. sense of the the landscape spinning or or the circle itself spinning is something that my dad. Um, described to me as well within stories within yeah within he didn't say that that's what he'd experienced but he would talk about somebody finding this different patch of grass that was darker than the rest of it because you mentioned on your podcast as well about uh, people having different ideas of what a fairy ring is for Mm -hmm. some people it's the stones for some people it's the mushrooms for some people it's the fairies dancing in a circle the idea of that Mm -hmm. for some people it's um you know that the patch of grass is is darker than or or a different color than the rest of the grass so but that's something that he had mentioned to me about um you know feeling yourself spinning and going down and down and down to the earth yeah. Um, which is just really, you know, exciting to think about, really. Yeah. Um, There's another yeah. stone circle near me that um, uh, when you sit, um, when I, I don't know if everyone experiences this, but I certainly did. The, um, there was one night I went with a friend, quite often me and friends of mine will meet in stone circles in the evening in the night yeah it's a nice good. place to go and yeah and um and I went with a friend and it was very misty outside it was quite cold um it was it again I think was twilight and and we'd gone and we had a little a little camping stove fire so that we could light a fire safely without scorching the earth Mm. and we're, we were just having a cup of tea and yeah so we were sitting against the recumbent stone mm. but the recumbent stone was shaped like this so there was a hollow and you could actually feel you know how people say when you go to somewhere haunted that you 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 can almost feel a barrier where the the, the temperature changes okay right um certainly there's a there is a castle uh, near me that you basically walk down the corridor and and there's there's like a there's a shift of about yeah. 10 degrees between one part of the corridor and and the next part of the corridor and um and it it was like that at the recumbent stone but it felt it was warm it was suddenly warm <laughs> right next to the recumbent stone um and it wasn't the fact that it was in a hollow. It was, I could actually feel, yeah. like if I put my hand, it was cold there, warm there. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was like, a, there was, it was like there was a, a shower curtain or something that went from cold to warm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something with these stones. There definitely. is, most definitely. There are, it's, yeah, it's, and I think if you, you visit them, quite regularly as well which is a really lovely thing to do um you know you really do start to to feel a lot from these places and maybe the beings that reside there so when you if you decide to go to you know back to that forest you may even start 
finding that you interact with those beings there Mm -hmm. and that what seemed frightening before may eventually seem very welcoming or or maybe not you might you know act on that that instinct that no this is not a good place to be and I you know I shouldn't be here and as we know we need to listen out for those all the folklore surrounding fairy rings about um people disappearing and being taken mm. away and 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 disappearing through time yeah coming back much older all of those things <laughs> had me spooked for yeah. sure i was i was being um I was, I was trying to be mindful and 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 cautious with those I want to chance fate and have something like that happen to me by going up there and spending too long standing um mm. I I didn't want to um I, I didn't want to chance it I think yeah no that's right yeah yeah well let me know how you get on with all of your explorations in okay. that regard well I'll keep you posted yeah yeah and finding out about you know you get the old maps and things like that because I love things like that yeah I love old maps. I find it fascinating. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lucy. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Let's let's chat again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for getting in touch with me. Yeah, yeah it's cool. been an honor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. And um, you should do like a tour of what, where you're living because that sounds really, really cool. You should put some kind of tour of the stone circles together once you've done this research and seen what's yeah. there. You know, because um, I bet it would be a brilliant place to take people and, yeah. you know, connect with the landscape up there. So that would be really cool. And, yeah. of course, it could double up as an art uh, project as well of some sort for people. Yeah, uh, definitely. Oh, Certainly really good. when we had the Ladies at Our Castle in 2019, we, um, we went on an excursion one day and I kind of whispered to the bus driver can we do a little detour and he didn't know where and we were taking them on a magical mystery and we went down this little single track road and then in a little little road off the single track road and then stopped the bus and said follow me and they they were like where are you taking I took them through the forest and they didn't know where they were going and I took them to uh my favorite stone circle which is actually um next to a, a natural burial ground and it's in it's in the forest so it's it's oh, not one wow. that's been cultivated in any way it's not got the um some of them have um gates and plaques with information but this one's just in the forest mm. and they didn't know <laughs> so we were just walking through the forest and they were following me blindly I could have been taking them anywhere and then we went just got into this clearing and suddenly we were in this stone circle and it was just so magical just seeing everyone's react because they didn't expect that that's what we were going to do at all yeah yeah oh I want to come up there and see these things you have to come and visit sometime yeah I'd love to yeah no I'd really really we we keep saying because we've got some friends in Scotland and um it's got it's like a massive play we've got some friends in scotland we must drop <laughs> off and talk. but um <laughs> but no we really want to get up there and do a proper tour yeah. around you know hopefully with a camper van or something like that 
and just go and see all these amazing places and the islands of course yeah but anyway all in good time but yeah thanks very much and um keep me posted with what you're doing and say hi to karen as well i will do she says hi to you <laughs> yeah send my love It was really great to chat to Lucy and honestly we had so much to talk about that there's a bonus episode on Patreon. In that discussion Lucy describes some ghostly experiences which took place on their annual art retreat workshop and general sense of creepiness that can sometimes arise during walks in nature. Her experience during pregnancy is a very powerful event. We don't know who that being was or what prompted them to provide what sounds like some kind of energy healing to Lucy, but it felt like a fairy or even angelic presence to her. There are a couple of encounters on Simon Young's fairy census, links at scarletofthefay.com, that relate to pregnancy, and there is of course the previous episode of this podcast, Make Haste for Midsummer. I will keep looking for more cases and share them on the show notes as I find them. As I said, pregnancy is a liminal threshold, an in-between state, which, by definition, could induce extraordinary experiences. The case of the fairy ring sign is an interesting one. Did Lucy and her friend pass by a moment of enticement into the other world? We can all think of encounters in our lives that felt strange or didn't make sense. Just a feeling about a person or a place that wasn't quite right. This universe is full of mystery and pockets of strangeness seem to pop up once in a blue moon. Some of these events make it into folklore, allowing stories to reach down through the generations. Sometimes locations where oddness is repeated again and again appear to hold a particular potency, as if they are portals from one realm to the next. We're learning more about these all the time, but what did our ancestors know? Did they choose these places to erect stone circles due to the strangeness? Were they more intimately aware of fault lines in the earth in these spots? Did they harness the energy of these locations in some way? If so, our ancestors' understanding of the other world was much greater than ours. There is so much to learn, and while we can devour archaeological reports and pay attention to academic evidence, we can also experience and understand these places personally on a spiritual level by visiting and meditating there. The more familiar you become with these locations, the deeper sense of connection and knowingness you receive. I always find that simply sitting with my hands touching the earth, there's a sense of ancient hands reaching back up through the millennia. If you do visit these places, it's great to take an offering, but please make sure it's organic. A flower growing nearby or a colourful leaf, a homemade piece of cake or biscuit, a shell, something that won't damage the environment. I would recommend one alternative which is to offer a song from your heart. Let it come by itself from the deepest part of your being. It's one of the most powerful forms of offering. Thanks so much to Lucy for coming on to talk to us and please do check out her and Karen's podcast One Scott, One Knot, links on scarletofthefay.com. Thank you for listening to the end. 
I will miss joining with you in two weeks' time, but know that I am putting my heart and soul into this project, which means so much to me, and I know it means a lot to you, dear listener. In the meantime, consider joining our community on Patreon for more content and connection. Please subscribe and share the podcast, and if you can leave a review, that would be wonderful. At a time when the universe holds pockets of darkness that draw you in, remember to focus on the light in your own lives, and in the external world, find those places of mystery to aid you through this liminal time. Root deeply, love freely, and always remain curious. I believe.